This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey everyone, welcome to the Curious Girl Diaries podcast. I'm Layla London, aka The Curious Girl. Now, just to let you know, this podcast is not suitable for work. It's also not suitable for anybody under 18. But the rest of you consenting adults, let's get ready to talk about my sex life, sex in general, and everything in between in explicit, raunchy, fun detail. All right, here we go. When I'm with a partner, it's like, okay, well, rather than thinking about what's normal, well, what's effective? Because each woman is going to be different, right? I feel a lot of guys that I talk to are giving away their control. Don't ask me why, but they just give it away freely. And I think it's partly due to laziness. I think it's partly due to just not understanding. I could have a girl on top of me and she's doing it and it's like, whoa, 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 okay. And then I just take control. Now I control the thrust. I control the speed. I control the cadence. Very few women are going to be like, I don't want to have multiple orgasms and led by a man and have my world rocked. And, you know, yes, we want this. I'm going to bring a little bit of that dominant power fucker and I'm just going to grab you by the back of the hair. I'm going to push your face in the pillow and I'm just going to slap your ass and we're just (laughs) going in, right? A lot of women need that. A lot of women need that guy. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Curious Girl Diaries podcast. Happy Saturday, guys. I'm Layla. I'm super excited about today. I have a guest on who I, I think this is his fifth visit. I absolutely love and adore him. If I say his name, it's Eric Everhard. He probably needs a little introduction, but he's been on the show so much. But in case you've been under a rock, you're a new listener or whatever, let me give you a brief description of his background. He's an author, a man's coach, and a former adult film star who specializes in teaching men to recognize and master the primary cues responsible for making 85% of women reach the holy grail of sexual interactions, orgasm, guys. His teachings are grounded in practical knowledge, mental tactics, strategic positions, holding a master's level certification in neuro-linguistic programming, and having more than 5,000 real-world sexual interactions with women allows him a unique perspective which enables his clients to overcome their limiting beliefs and performance issues and become masters in the bedroom. Eric, Everhard, welcome back to the Curious Girl Diaries. We are back. It's episode five. Episode five. This is the Empire Strikes Back of the Curious Girl Diaries. I freaking love that. Okay. (laughs) So first of all, you know, you know what's so funny is my listeners 
send me voicemails all the time and they will comment on the way I talk to you versus another guest. And they're like, I think you have a crush on him. I think you should fuck him. I think you like him. You know, it's <laughs> just like, listen, A, I believe he has a girlfriend. B, he's in another country. C, I do love this guy because he's just so amazing with the wealth of knowledge that you have, your ability to want to put that out there. And I've watched your porn. I mean, I've looked at you from all these different aspects and angles, and you're really honestly one of my favorite people to have on because I feel like we can have the straight talk about anything sexual or even outlying in the sexual genre. And I just always feel like myself as well as my listeners come away with a wealth of knowledge from you. So I want to start with that. Just tell you how much I appreciate you and, and the time that you've devoted to coming on this show and talking to my listeners. It's thank you so much because I really do feel like you have a lot to say and a lot to bring to the table. And then what I did before we started is I queried just through chat GPT, the top 10 things I, I did. We're not going to talk about all of them, but the top 10 things that men stress over sexually. And Ooh. yeah. What do you think number one is? Not being able to last long enough. Number one is performance anxiety. Ooh, I, I was going to, that was one, two with those. So number one is performance anxiety. And when I saw that, I was just like, how perfect is this for you? Because you have a whole core, you've, like, you've really built a whole business around this one issue. And so I want to ask you, I don't think women really understand enough how big of an issue this is, but can you just tell me in your own words, how, A, what is performance anxiety as you know it to be? And how many men do you feel are really affected by this at some point during their sexual, just through their sexual lives? Well, at base level, performance anxiety is a, when it's psychogenic, it's the inability to get hard because you are fearful, scared about something. And typically there's a voice in your head, there's an experience in the past, or you are future pacing problems that even though are imaginary, may occur, and therefore you're unable to get it up, right? You can't get your dick hard. And now that obviously has a ripple effect massively in the relationship, not just for the man's psyche and what he's got to deal with, but then it's going to affect the woman. And then how she responds to that is going to dictate whether he goes even further down into depression, yeah. right? So there's a big, big thing there. And I work with a lot of clients and this does come up often. A lot of times, actually, it's kind of like the one-two punch, right? Where they may suffer from premature ejaculation and the fear of that then bleeds into the performance anxiety because they go in, they're like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to last. Oh, last time I only lasted 30 seconds. And then fear, fear, fear. Now they just can't get it up, period, because, oh my God, like I'm not going to be able to last. But then all those fears cascade into, well, now I can't get it up. And then they start to make it all about themselves. And we go down that slippery slope real quickly. 
So it is, it is a massive problem that guys deal with. And the problem is most guys, they get very defeatist about it because they don't have the right tools and the right mindset to be able to dig themselves out of the hole. And when they have that idea that there is this singular thing called a hard-on and it doesn't occur right away, they don't know what to do because they don't realize that there's other pathways where they'd be able to get hard. And if they just lean into those, there's a very real chance that they can crawl out from under the proverbial rock that is this performance anxiety. But most most guys just don't have the tools. What percentage of men do you think this affects? Interesting. Like with the premature ejaculation, at least through a lot of the polls that I've run, it tends to be about 60% where guys have, have some sort of issue there. In terms of the performance anxiety, I would say it, it's got to be at least 30%. Now, it seems to me that I feel like it's growing in society. And again, I feel this is because there's greater expectations upon men or perceived expectations upon men in terms of performance. Because you see this really when you look at how men, young men especially, are flocking towards performance-enhancing drugs. like. Why are all these 20-year-olds now popping Viagra like it's aspirin? Thank you. Can I ask you, do you feel that this is porn-driven? I know women have their own weird stuff from porn because they feel like, oh, I don't look like her. I can't perform like her. We'll we'll take away our own set of negatives, maybe, potentially. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to blame porn, but I'm just, I mean, I'm curious. Like, to me, it's an obvious question. Do you feel like this is coming? Do you feel like men are watching porn stars? And seeing like the crazy results and not realizing that that's a performance and, and it's shot and angles and scripted and like everything that we've talked about really in our previous mm-hmm. episodes and stuff. Do you, do you feel that porn is sort of as, I guess, helping further this problem? I'm sure it's that? not helping. Here's the issue at hand, though. Unless it's just simply the new availability that the internet has given. Because even kids my generation had access to all the Playboys and, you know, kind of whatever. I mean, kids have always had access to something that was a sexy woman to jerk off to, right? Even if it was the Sears catalog, we would do it. (laughs) (laughs) True story. That lingerie section. I mean, you jerk off to Sears catalog. God, of course. When I was like (gasps) nine years old, it's like, what do you got? Sears catalog? Cute girls in lingerie? There we go. I love it. That's a true confession right there. (laughs) Yeah, true life confessions. So I don't know that it is completely the porno to blame. Part of me feels that a big contributor, I think, is actually Instagram and social media. Because now, even though porn is sort of depicting a unrealistic sexual life, Instagram is picturing some absolutely perfect life. And 
I think a lot of people, they see perceived everybody's doing better than me, right? I'm not good enough on every level. Now you've got, I mean, God, I, I mean, if you watch porno, it's not filtered. You go on Instagram. I mean, now you've got every filter under the sun. You've got people can make, I mean, it's gotten to a level of unrealistic expectations for men to even kind of aspire to. So I think there's a big part of the social media epidemic, if we're going to call it that, that's causing some issues for men for sure, because they see, and then also we'll probably get into this, the rise of all the different learning media that guys are paying attention to, where you've got all the new dating podcasts, you've got all the red pill this, red pill that, guys need to act like this, don't do this, do this. I mean, and the guys get so confused because a perfect example, because this was relatively recent. I was at a um, marketing conference in London and, um, you know, I had some copies of my soon to be released book, The Tao of Eating Pussy. Yeah, I love it. Okay, okay, okay. Good. And I ran into one young kid and and he knew who I was. And so we start talking and I think he was a big uh, Andrew Tate fan or something. And so I, I show him my book and he's like, oh, eating pussy. Oh, that's, that's, uh, that's a simp move. Like, that's not dominant. I need to be dominant oh, in bed. And I'm looking oh, at this kid. He's no. like, I don't know. He's like, I don't know, 23, 24. And I'm like, Jesus. I'm like, that is the highest leverage move you can make. Okay. That's a power play. That's not a simp move. That's not a simp move. I've had women (laughs) fly across continents. Yeah. Across continents to fuck me (laughs) for that reason. So. Listen, I'm sorry. I mean, I was just having this conversation last night with joking with a guy that I've seen for a long, long time. And I was joking about the fact that, and this is not, it's not a joke. It's true. I literally was with a guy who was so good at eating pussy. And this was a long, long time ago, but he was so good at eating pussy that I was afraid to break up with him. I let him steal my fucking car. He stole my car. I didn't want to turn him into the police because I'm like, this guy is so good at eating pussy. He can steal my my goddamn car and take it across state lines. Like, just come back and eat my pussy. <laughs> like, this is legit. Now we were. It's no joke. I was having this comment. Like, guys that eat pussy well are even rational, smart, on top of their game women. Like, we will. We're like, I don't know. I I can't let that go. <laughs> Well, you know, <laughs> chapter one of the good book, The Tao of Eating Pussy, is master the pussy, master the woman. Okay. I'm telling you. Yes. Yes. And it's true. It will shift dramatically the relationship dynamic between men and women. And, and in terms of a, a soft power play, and, and you've just exemplified that, right? It, it, it'll move from a, even if it was a 50 50, or maybe it was you know, more in the favor of the woman, it'll shift. And soon it's going to be like, okay, well, 
it's not necessarily a good thing, but you'll let that guy get away with a lot more than you would have normally, for sure. It, listen, it was it was more in my favor, okay? But the minute, the minute he presented himself as this master pussy eater, oh shit, he just, it was like, the roles kind of reversed a little bit. I mean, I don't want to like, I don't want to admit that. I hate admitting that, but no, I mean, no joke. I didn't, even my friends, they're like, why are you with this guy? And I'm like, I know he is so not my type. He's like from the wrong side of the tracks. Like I have to clean him up before I can take him home for Christmas to my family. But God damn it. He's my pussy. So good. I'm going to, I will do just about anything to keep this guy around. And I'm, I'm seriously scared to break up with him and let him go. And when I did, I remember thinking, well, there goes that. You just, you held on to that. You held on to that good pussy eating as long as you could. And I literally thought I'm never going to come across it again. Cause I, because this is how women do feel. We feel it's an anomaly because it's not, it's not the norm. It's the exception. If you eat good pussy, you are the exception to the rule. You are a unicorn. Women, this is how men can be the unicorn, correct? And we will we will make all kinds of concessions. <laughs> like I said, I was like, he stole my car, but I was like, oh, that's all right. <laughs> I'll get another one. I mean, what greater compliment can you get than that? <laughs> yeah. You could be a grand theft auto. She won't care. You're so good at eating pussy. She's going to overlook it. She's going to, and the, the point of that is she will overlook a lot of stuff if you're good at eating pussy. And it's not to say you're, you have a hall pass to be a, to be a jackass, but really it does. It just makes up for a lot of little things that maybe she would have been nitpicking you about that. She's not even going to mention because she wants, she wants what you got. So yeah, I love that. So, Okay. You said that one of the concerns is, I guess, was that 60% you think is about, about premature ejaculation. And I'm so curious about that because I don't know that I've been with a, what, a, what, what constitutes a premature ejaculation? Do we really have good data for this? Or is this just something that guys sort of, again, I, I always wonder, okay, where are they getting these ideas? Is it because, like I said, women, we get a lot of word ideas because we watch porn. We think, oh, she's flailing all over the place and she's and and this is by no means the intention to throw porn under the bus. I love porn. I think it's it has its healthy good usages and purposes. But I also think if you don't know any better, sometimes then you're not equipped to sort of ferret out okay, what's performance and what is actual the biology of what's going on and how do we not misconstrue those two things? Yeah. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, 
That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. It's also having a realistic expectation of oneself. Like, how long should a guy go? I mean, what's reasonable and normal? Not for a guy that's shooting a film. Well, I wouldn't use the term reasonable and normal because I don't think that's useful for relationships either, right? At least in terms of my perspectives and the guys that I try to help because the guys that come to me, they don't want to be normal. They want to be better than normal. They want to be all they can be in the bedroom. So it's the same thing like, okay, I could be watching NFL Sunday and I watch, you know, Tom Brady throw a football pass and thread the needle. And then I grab myself the football and I kind of flail it. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm not, I shouldn't have any sadness because I can't throw it like Tom Brady, but I should be practicing and learn to throw the ball as best I can. So when we look at, okay, well, what's normal? For me, it's like, well, rather than say what's normal, what's effective? Because normal is all based on sort of what we are doing in the act, right? And this comes back to a big thing that I talk about, which is conscious choice. We want to have, as men, we want to be able to call our shot. We want to be able to have conscious choice because if I'm in the public bathroom with my girlfriend and, you know, we snuck in there. Well, hey, guess what? If I can pull it off in two minutes, good times, right? Don't want to be here two hours, probably going to get arrested. So it's all about, well, I got to be conscious and I need to be able to choose how long it's going to take me. And when I'm with a partner, it's like, okay, well, rather than thinking about what's normal, well, what's effective? Because each woman is going to be different, right? You know, I've been with lots of women too that have almost a, a female version of premature ejaculation. I mean, I could be eating the pussy of one girl and it's, okay, six minutes, seven minutes to get her off. I can eat another one. It's almost 30 seconds. I mean, it's laughably easy, right? And it's like, okay, well, technique is still the same. All the cues are there. It's just hypersensitive, ready to go. So there could be a girl like that and you, you, she's your partner. And hey, within that five to seven minutes, maybe she has three or four orgasms. That was pretty effective from your perspective, right? But if you're with a woman who, hey, she needs 20 minutes, well, then you better step up and be able to deliver 20 minutes because that's what it's going to take to be effective. So I don't really look at it as normal because it's going to really depend on who you're with. And then being able to master your body to meet them where they are. The problem, and when we think about premature ejaculation, right? Because I think from a medical perspective, they'll say, I think it's like 30 seconds or under. But if you were to ask any guy, I mean, pretty much any guy out there that feels he can't last three or four minutes is going to say he's got a problem with premature ejaculation because he feels like, hey, we're just getting going and she hasn't come and I've lost it. In the biggest problem when I talk to guys is the fact that they don't feel they're in control. It's like, it just comes and I can't fight it off because they don't have the tools, they haven't trained, they haven't done the due diligence in setting themselves up for success 
to allow them to last forever. And they feel like, okay, like it's just, I'm just not able to do it. So there's a fear aspect there. And it's really that fear that, hey, this is just happening and I cannot stop it. Right. Mm, okay. Yeah. And so I guess if they don't have the, like you were saying, I guess the tools of the method to sort of stay that off or what do I do? How do I get around this or overcome this? It could be very daunting. And I mean, I think you would probably agree with me. There's probably less women than more that could have an orgasm before 30 seconds. Usually, <laughs> I don't know. Am I, am I crazy in making that statement? I don't think so. No, no, no. You're, you're on point there. Okay. So that's for women. Like we're wired so differently. We're, we're just trying to get things kind of matched up and aligned. And what you're saying is, Hey, you can help guys get, give them the techniques that can help with that alignment better so that she's getting her needs met and then he's getting his needs met and we're not having any, nobody's outpacing the other when it comes to <laughs> getting, because a woman could be premature too, right? I mean, I guess if you really think about it, I mean, she could just be like, oh, I'm done. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> You're you didn't get yours. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, you did good. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> well, I mean, you'll, you'll look, right? Like in the literature, they, they always say average woman, which, of course, I, I don't believe. I know. I've, I've got my own evidence that says it's not true, but let's just take it for, let's, let's say they're correct. They'll say 13.7 minutes, and, and they'll say the average guy is 5.4 minutes, right? for orgasm. So that's the, that's the gap that we need to close. So we're looking about, you know, six to seven minutes there that needs to be closed, but it can be so easily closed from the man's perspective. If he recognizes what his body needs, he can call an audible when things aren't going his way. And then he just reaches into his toolbox and says, okay, well, what do I need right now? What is within my control that I can change? Because you know, he's got so many different things that he is in control of. And I feel a lot of guys that I talk to are giving away their control. Don't ask me why, but they just give it away freely. And I think it's partly due to laziness. I think it's partly due to just not understanding. Can you get a little bit more specific when you say they're giving away their control? Well, for example, right? I'll tell guys, look, there's a big difference. I'll use an example, right? Because it matters a lot. And I, I teach it within my courses. Let's say you, well, we'll use you right now, Layla. Let's say you are on top, right? And you're fucking away. That is a massively different experience for the man than if you're sitting on top and he is thrusting up into you. From a sensory perspective for the man, because here's what happens on multiple different levels. If you're on top, well, two things potentially could happen for the man. Either the way that you are riding him is insufficient for stimulation. This is what I hear. Ding, ding, ding. This is what I hear. This is what guys finally are admitting. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> so so could be, could be insufficient for stimulation and he starts to lose his heart on, right? Yeah. Because you're not doing the strokes that he needs or 
And this goes on the opposite spectrum. The fact that you're doing it now is the wrong pace, the wrong speed, the wrong depth, and he can't control his ejaculation. And I've played around with this a lot. I mean, trust me, I've got, I brought the receipts, Layla. I've got lots of I receipts. Believe you. Okay. <laughs> I've seen some of those receipts on Pornhub. <laughs> yeah, but it's but it's funny. I could have a girl on top of me and she's doing it and it's like, whoa, 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 okay. And then I just take control. Now, I control the thrust. I control the speed. I control the cadence. I'm doing everything off my back. So you're just there. You're having a good time. But all the thrusting, like all that. the fucking is coming from me. Like now, suddenly, I've got control again. And I can go I for like 20 that. minutes. I can go for 30 yeah. minutes. So when I say that that guys are giving up their agency, they're giving up control, it's in control of the things that that they actually can control. Like It's like me saying, okay, just do whatever you want to my penis. Well, that's not a good attitude if you're struggling to either maintain your erection or you're struggling to be able to last long enough. Like You should be controlling every variable that you can because this allows you to have certainty. Well, now that you've got certainty, you're going to be competent. Once you're competent, you're going to be really confident because I can go in there even though, and I've done this so many times now, I could be hypersensitive. Like I could come in 30 seconds, get you on top. All right. I'm going depth first. I, I know all the plays that I'm doing, and then I can go for 40 minutes. And it's because I'm doing what I know I need because I know if I can control myself, and this goes big picture, right? Because we got to think about it from big picture, right? Sometimes, and this is where I tell the guys, I say, look, bedroom leadership means a lot of things. And one of those things is sometimes you doing what you want in service of the big picture and her. Because I can't tell you how many times guys abdicate their leadership to a woman in the bedroom and it's the wrong play. It's the wrong play. Because what'll happen is so many times they get in the bedroom and the girl's like, you know, the girl pulls you on top of her because she's like, oh yeah, I want missionary. Well, if that's not your good position to start with, you should not be doing it because you're going to do what she wants you're going to feel the urge to come within 20 seconds. You're not going to have the tools to be able to fight it. Eventually, you're going to lose your load. Now she's going to be angry. All these things didn't have to happen because you could have said, no, babe, you know what? We're doing doggy first. Turn over. Boom. Now we go. Because maybe doggy is a position I know is going to create less sensations for me. Now I get close to the five-minute marker, start to desensitize my body. Hey, guess what? Boom. After doggy, we're going into missionary because now I can go for 15 minutes. I can go for 20 minutes, right? So me abdicating the leadership to you was not a good idea. So in the bigger picture of I'm going to create this amazing sexual experience, it may require that even though you want to start with something, I have to look internally and say, okay, is this going to be good for my body? If it's not, Maybe we should come back to that after, but the guy has to be willing to to have a boundary and be able to, you know, plant that flag and say, you know what? Nope, that's not what we're doing right now. We're going to do this. We're going to get back to that. And, and a lot of guys don't have that fortitude to do it. 
No, I love what you said. Like I wrote that down and underlined it. Bedroom leadership. It is so important. And honestly, I love when a man leads me through the whole bedroom sexual experience. Like I really don't want to be the one to lead it because like you said, like I may get on top and I may just be like, I may be doing stuff that is good for me, but not so much good for him. And that doesn't, honestly, from the female perspective, it doesn't feel right. We can do it. We'll get up there and we'll get off and all that. It does not feel the same as when the man has the bedroom leadership skills and leads you through everything. That's when your world gets rocked. That right there, that's honestly, that, that, that term, I just never thought of it that way. The bedroom leadership skills, it's, it's a basic term, you know, I mean, you just, but yeah, that's what it is right there. It's like, oh, hello, you know, (laughs) please lead. We will follow. And that's, what's kind of missing. I think that's a big element that's missing or where I think when women men and women try to get aligned, like it's because she's trying to think, well, I got to have the bedroom leadership and he's, he doesn't know. And you know, there's this little battle going on a little, I guess, and for lack of a better term to put it. And it's, I think it's always better for me anyway, when the guy is leading, because if he's got the skills, he's got the skills and then he leads, she's just going to be putty in your hands. And that's the space that she really ultimately wants to be in. Very few women are going to be like, I don't want to have multiple orgasms and led by a man and have my world rocked. And, you know, yes, we want this. We're wired and designed for this. Like this is is what we want. There's a whole framework that I teach around that, right? And like the acronym is actually LEAD, stands for Launch, Energy, Archetypes, Desire. Because we got to launch into action and it's calibrated action, right? Because we got to, we got to step out there. Then it's energy and creation because what is the level of energy? What are we trying to create? Because ultimately the actions that we do as men are going to create the woman. It's going to create the mood. We're creating everything. Yeah, you are. You really are. Yeah. Archetypes, because there's four basic archetypes that I feel you can step into. So, It's the tender lover, the passionate seducer, the dominant power fucker, and the crazy spontaneous guy, right? Those are the four different archetypes, how I see it. They all sound good to me. (laughs) But this is where, when you're leading, (laughs) right? Because they're all fun. You know, can I just tell you, like, Ken, I hope you support guys, like, not just mastering, like, master all of those. Seriously, keep her guessing. This is that's the whole point. That's why yeah. you want to be able to step into the archetypes because and this this speaks a lot to even stuff out there today, right? Because it's true women have a hypergamous nature, right? You want to trade up if there's a better deal, right? It's natural women do it, right? Across and up. Yeah. We go across and up. Yeah. Across and up. So as a man, well, you wanna be the best deal in town. How do you do that? Well, if you're worried that she might go fuck the guy at the bar or the mailman or whatever, well, you got to bring elements of those guys into the bedroom. And it doesn't mean you're going to bring them every single time because most guys have sort of a default bedroom personality. But if you can stretch that and say, you know, okay, normally I'm kind of the tender lover, but you know what? 
I'm going to bring a little bit of that dominant power fucker and yeah. I'm just going to grab you by the back of the hair. I'm going to push your face in the pillow and I'm just yeah, going to yeah, slap yeah. your ass and we're just <laughs> going in, right? And it's going to have that intensity and maybe I just do it once a month. But but when it comes, you're going to be like, holy shit, I just got run over by a truck. I don't know this man, but I like him. A lot of women need that. A lot of women need that guy. Just have him show up. Every, you know, again, like if it's not your normal lane, seriously, have to show up every once in a while. And it's very, very efficient. I want to quickly go back to what you said a little bit earlier about Instagram and social media and how you feel this. The, I talk a lot about on my show about just, I tell women, get off social media. I, I really do. I mean, I feel like if I break it down and I look at it and I say, it wrecks us because we just look at other women. You know, we're looking at other women and they're not even putting out accurate representations of themselves. These are filtered images. There's nothing real about their body. Everything is just, it's so manufactured. And then it's used, I feel it's since women probably do about 80% of the spending, we're so easily affected by being influenced on, we're not fill in the blanks. We're not this enough, whatever it is. You're not skinny enough. You're not fat enough. Your butt's not big enough. Your boobs aren't big enough. Your, your breasts aren't small enough. Yeah. Whatever it is, there's a solution for every problem. And that comes to be marketed to us through social media. The other thing that I think that has done women a detriment and to through social media is that we're so tied to the likes and the responses that we get, you know, women want to set up these thirst traps. Again, these are not only are they setting up thirst traps, but these aren't pictures that are actually really them. So then they're stuck on, I've got to be this image and that's what people like, but that's not really me. And I just honestly don't think there's anything positive about social media for women. I say it all the time, like it's bullshit for women. And it's just an avenue to highly, highly market it, market to us and really, really just hammer on any, you know, if you've got an insecurity, boy, it'll be exemplified. And, you know, naturally people have, they're going to compare themselves and stuff, but, but this type of stuff that you're looking at a, you know, someone's highlight reel of this is my life and I'm doing this and blah, blah, blah. It's all bullshit. And so I know how I speak strongly to to women that listen to my show about get the fuck off that shit. It's not doing you any good and it's not realistic and who the fuck cares? Just disconnect from it as best you can. But I didn't know, I really only focus on this. And when you said you feel like that Instagram and the media and there's things that are coming that way, the same way to, towards men, I'm kind of going, well, wait a minute. What is that? Because I really was only thinking about this shit's fucking up women and not helping us and oh, not helping no. us. No, I mean, in, because you, you'll look at the guys will look at all the posts, right? And even when you look at just look at all the, you know, whether it's money Twitter, money Instagram, you got the guys and they got the fast cars. So, okay, I got to make all this money because then I get the girls and, and I got to have all this money. And then the girls want this crazy sexual experience. So now I don't measure up because they, they're all getting, you know, it's all crazy sex and every guy is packing 10 inches because that's what they're saying on social media, right? Every guy's not packing 10 inches, I can tell you. <laughs> but, but, but that's, 
that's the idea. I mean, you just look at the red pill space like, oh, well, everybody's driving a Bugatti, you know, it's not even a Lambo anymore. It's a Bugatti now, right? So, so the guys are suffering from their own version of this and they see all the women. And so now they feel the expectation, like the type of lay that that woman needs, you know, going to social media is now so much more than what was required from a man 20 years ago. So now they all feel like, oh my God, like I got to have, I need the Viagra, I need this. Because now, according to social media, every woman wants the guy to last two hours. At least that's what all the guys think. So now they're really inside their heads that, oh, I'm not measuring up. I can't last because I can't last longer than five minutes. And so now I've got all this pain and frustration. I'm so worried that now I just can't even get it up. And oh my God, my life is over. And this is all a product of social media. Yeah. Thank you. You know what? I mean, honestly, that's a, I'm aware of the red, you know, all of this stuff, the red pill space and the, everything that's going on. And I feel like I talk about this a lot in my show. Like one of the things I'm concerned about is this, this divisiveness that's being driven between men and women. And I feel like generically, my perspective is women, we got a lot of freedoms through just birth control and women's rights and feminism and all this stuff. But that being said, we need to also understand that when the pendulum swings too far one way, there's a counterbalance. And men were very helpful to us for allowing equal rights and all this stuff. But then it just went to the extreme. And I don't feel like for me, I'm always like, let's be in the extreme middle, not right or left, but like, really, let's kind of find where we, we can, where men and women have this really good counterbalance to each other. And so anytime, and so what I do see is, you know, on that note is the counterbalance to this whole feminine wackadoodle when it gets out there to the extreme on the feminism end of things and where it gets exploited and abused and all that. And men are the toxic masculinity and all that crap that I've always said on this show, even before it was popular to say, I don't fucking buy into that. That's stupid. It is stupid. I've said it from go. And I love that I have four years ago, six years ago, where I was like, what the, what the fuck is that? That's just ridiculous. I don't want to be toxically feminine. Come on. Like that's just, that's counterintuitive. But anyway, and so now what I see, what I say to men is be careful about the counterbalance swing that you're seeing from the red pillars. I think there's valuable insights and information to be gained. However, you have to take it with a grain of salt because you can see how women took it too far one way and how that fucks shit up. Don't be guilty of the same. You know, you're just that jerk back reaction. It's like, okay, you know, because men are great. They're adaptive. They will adapt. They will adapt you. And I try to tell women this, they'll fucking adapt you right out of their out of their needs and necessities. And they'll just be jacking off to porn and an AI females. And we're just going to get farther and farther apart. And that's not what we ultimately want. So we have to be very careful about that. And let's not learn from history. You know, so we talk about this stuff like, take a look. That didn't work. That was not good. But it just is interesting that I think you're the first person to tell me like that men are starting to, they have their own influences that maybe aren't so great in order for them as well, that they're getting sort of, I don't know if it's misled is the right word or just misinformation or just, but I just say common sense. Like, can we just yeah. fucking practice? I mean, there, and sense? here's the problem too, right? 
insofar that you know, now we have this age of the influencer, right? It's the age of the influencer. And anytime you end up in a situation like that, you end up with a lot of grifters too. You end up with people that they, they want to prey on your insecurities because they want to sell you something. So it's like, okay, women are the worst thing in the world. Buy my course. Women, <laughs> women are horrible people. Uh, you know, take this course, right? Uh, buy this, do this, right? And Snake oil salesman. That's exactly. what we <laughs> Act this way. And this is the only way. It's like, well, I don't know. I've been around a lot of girls. And I mean, sure, there's some girls that respond to aspects of that. But then, you know, certainly none of the one, the high quality ones I ever wanted to date. So then it's like, well, okay, you got to ask yourself, well, who's responding to that sort of behavior? And then you got to look beneath and see what are the aspects of men and masculinity that women are looking for in general. A guy that I really love and um, oh, we got to know each other more and more over the years, Zan Perion. I've always liked his perspective on women because it's always about beauty, right? And he's got a real love for women. And recently I saw a talk that he gave and he really talked about more what women are looking for is they're looking for someone to take them on an adventure, right? And you don't need to be some toxic, horrible person to say, hey, I've got this cool life. I'd love for you to join me. Yeah, Maybe I'm not the one for you long term, but I'm going to allow you to have a fun experience. Why don't you come along? Right. And it's yeah. that energy because, you know, I mean, yeah, a woman wants a guy that has something more important in his life than her. Generally speaking, you want somebody that he's got a purpose. He's got a mission. He's got his eyes going somewhere because when I've experienced this firsthand, I mean, you know, when I was a kid, I remember, you know, the first girlfriend I was in love with, I was like, oh, you're everything to me. Well, that yeah, turned her off yeah. really fucking quick. Right. So right, I learned right, my yeah. lessons early on. That just doesn't work. And it's not, it's not productive for polarity. And really, that's what we need to keep alive is we need polarity. to keep this polarity alive, right? No. So you don't need to be toxic to keep that alive. You just got to love. Well, first of all, like if I was to prescribe, let me prescribe the Everhard pill, okay? Here's what I would say. Keep her on her toes. Fuck the shit out of her. Give her a lot of orgasms and have something more important than her in your life. Do those four things. You're going to have a happy relationship. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Okay. So the second thing, as we, we, we really spent a lot of time on that performance anxiety topic, which is because it's so important. And I, when I queried, I said the top 10 things. The, another thing that popped up, which I was surprised about, sort of surprised, but not, not surprised, but I just didn't think it was this prevalent with men, but it came up body image issues, concerns about physical appearance, including body shape, size, concerns about penis size. It's, it was saying that can significantly impact a man's sexual confidence. Do you find that men, I mean, we know nobody's going to deny, like, I think it's a well-known fact, women with our body image issues, we don't need a reason to, to, you know, we could have a lopsided earlobe and we're like, I can't fuck him. You know, <laughs> my earlobes are off. Like, I mean, again, this is the social media shit too. I'm not saying like this, this does not help for women. Like this is why I say like all this stuff that help that just breeds this insecurities in you about you're not, you're not this, or you're not that enough. Just, just don't go there. Cause it's not true. So don't, you don't have to go to that well to drink that Kool-Aid, but 
you talk to a lot of men. Do you think they are body image issues something that's relevant for them personally? Oh, yeah. I mean, especially when we talk about the elephant in the room, right, which is penis size. Do you okay. always, that's Let's a huge thing, <laughs> a huge thing for guys, right? Huge yeah. thing or little thing, right? <laughs> Depending yeah. which way you look at it. But that is something that guys will think about way more than women. And some guys, this was within the last couple months, right? There was, I had replied to another podcaster who, whose show I've been on a lot of times and, and he's been great. And one of his followers chimed in all of a sudden and said, because I was talking about, you know, how you could perform better in the bedroom. And the guy's like, that's just because you have a giant dick. Oh, it, it, life is unfair and everything. Like if I had a giant dick, I could do everything. And you could only do porno because you got a giant dick. Everything was like just dick, dick, dick. And the guy was like, man, you really like his dick, don't you? <laughs> he was, <laughs> He's dick it was it <laughs> really was. But I'm trying to say, look, I've known guys with absolute mammoth dicks way bigger than mine, right? That weren't effective at getting women off. They just caused some pain and the girl was like, ah, oh, this is horrible. So it's not about the size, right? If you can't use it and you don't know how to use it effectively, it does not matter. I often say this, and I, I gave a presentation to some men where I had some slides and I, I had a picture of one guy and I said, anybody remember who this guy is? And he was, a, he was a fighter. He went by the name of Hoyce Gracie. And he was the guy that won all the very first UFCs before UFC became popular, when it was like absolutely no rules. And he's a little guy, little Brazilian dude, right? And I but had Manny a Pacquiao. You think Manny Pacquiao has a big dick? Probably yeah. not. <laughs> but it, it wasn't about dick size. It was like you're watching this little guy and he was fighting some absolute mammoth Japanese guy and won. And he was beating all these guys. It's like, well, if you look at a fight, is it the guy who's the biggest or is it guy, the guy with the most skill that wins? It's no different in the bedroom. Just because a guy is packing a big dick, if he can't get it up, if he can't last long enough, if he doesn't know how to create clitoral contact, if he's not good at positioning, if he can't work off his back, if he can't provide hip thrust power, if he can't do all these things, it doesn't matter. It's useless. It might be a detriment. But guys do have massive issues about the penis size thing. And again, this comes back to the social media piece because I think in terms of men's sexuality, again, they look at all these super hot Instagram models, right? Because especially if you're online in your feed, well, what is the feed that you're going to be seeing, right? Every girl that's perfect. And guess what? Every boyfriend of theirs has six pack abs and is 3% body fat. And so guys are seeing this and then suddenly they have in their head, oh my God, if I don't look like this, I can't get a pot girl or I can't perform good enough or X, Y, Z. And also, and this is sort of the problem, this comes back to the porno issue. And I'm going to speak on this for a second because this is where porn has changed for the worse because of 
the influx of Viagra and performance-enhancing drugs that got into porno in the last 10, 15 years. So when I started, there was nothing, right? And you looked at most of the actors, it was a wide range of how actors looked, right? Because the only thing the companies really cared about was, could you get it hard? Could you come? Well, so number one, the first only requirement was, can you get it up? Because 99 out of 100 guys couldn't. So it's like, can you be the one out of 100, first of all, that can get it up? Okay, we've got that. Okay, now can you ejaculate remotely anytime that we tell you to, and hopefully you can last 45 minutes to an hour. Okay, he's got two of the things. Okay, let's hope he's got a big dick. I mean, the hope, the hope, the hope that they could find this needle in a haystack was massive. That's why you had the same 10, 20 guys in the business forever. And it was rare when you got a guy who was like, he had six pack abs and he was good looking. It was like, this is absolute porno unicorn status. Yeah, yeah. Now those guys are a dime a dozen, dime a dozen in porno, right? Every guy has a six pack because all the guys, those same guys could never get it up 20 years ago. Now they'll take an injection. They'll be hard. They'll point at the sky for 12 hours and they're shredded looking. So guys see the porno and they don't understand these guys normally would not be able to perform. In my era, none of them would be able to perform. They can only perform because of the pharmaceutical enhancements. But the people watching don't understand that. So now they see these guys, huge dick, shredded six-pack abs, fucking this beautiful girl. And they think, well, that's not me. And it's like 20 years ago, those guys, very few of them were ever in the business because they couldn't do it. Right. No, I mean, that that makes actually, uh, yeah, of course, that makes perfect sense. I know. You're right. There was back. Let's go back. Let's go back in time. Yeah. There wasn't a lot of, yeah, the male actors were sort of fewer and far between and the more common with the females. The third thing that came up was as far as things that men stress over sexually, it was sexual desire and variations in libido, whether they're feeling like their desire is low compared to their partner that can cause them stress. Are the men that you're dealing with and just through your overall knowledge of men sexually throughout your career and currently with what you do now, is this a problem for men? I mean, we, we I think we've kind of accepted that for women at some point in their lives, their libido is going to drop off or change or whatever. It could be after childbirth. It could be for various reasons. But I, I feel like it's a little bit more acceptable if women are saying, well, you know, my, my drive's not there anymore, not where it should be, or I'm focused on my kids or whatever, right? Whatever the, the, the thing is. But I don't know that that's a, I hear that there's an acceptable reason for men. And is, do you think this is a, is this an issue and B is it closeted somewhat that shifts in testosterone and male sex drive, you know, where we don't really give men the platform for, for this. Well, here's what I've noticed. So yeah, on one hand, I think there's, a hormonal basis to some of it in terms of obviously testosterone rates are plummeting 
And I think that's environmental. I think there's a lot of bad stuff going on with that. I want to know about that because I have my own theories on that. But Well, my, my theory starts with, starts with water. I think water is a big one. You mean that the water that we have is more chemically treated or just men aren't well, drinking no, enough water? Uh, uh, no, no, no. <laughs> and I think this would be interesting to really delve into further, but I think we could probably trace a lot of issues that we're facing in society today back to the birth control pill. Oh my God. <laughs> Eric, do you listen to my show? No, like, no. I always on women. I'm like, don't fucking take this shit. You're just jacking yourself up. Well, but it gets in the water supply. So that's yeah. that's a big thing, right? Is is that so you've got the combination of all the pills that are in the water supply that don't get that doesn't get flushed out unless you're doing at home some sort of very special water filtration. And then, well, what's changed in the last 30 years? We're all drinking out of plastic water bottles full of estrogens from the chemicals. Right. So again, I think there's a lot of other things, but I have a theory that I think a big part could be related to water and what's going on with that. Yeah, because I hear a lot of, I mean, I'm, I'm hearing this more and more from men where younger and younger men are needing testosterone replacement therapy and their, their, their libidos are not where they should be. And, and same for women. And there's, there's infertility. There's a lot of like things that are cropping up and I'm always like, okay, what do I know? What do I know? I know that in the sixties, married women had access to birth control and that was a big deal. And then in 1972, all females married or not had access to birth control. And that changed a shit ton of stuff. But having been one of the, a female who was on birth control and the second you're literally like, you could have a 12 year old and they're like, oh, she's got acne, birth control. Boom, boom, boom. And women are getting on it younger and younger and younger. And it's, this is modifying our reproductive system, whether we like to really look at what it's doing or not. And everything has side effects. And so I just feel like what I feel like is we're now in this window from 60 to 72 to now we have enough data to actually start to see what the negative side effects of this stuff is. So, you know, you don't gain a freedom without losing something else. And that's, that's the way it is. But that's why I always, that's why I'm always like, let's go in the extreme middle. Let's try to find like, let's try to figure out a rational solution because I don't know that this stuff is really great. And, and for guys as well, when their libidos are being messed with, when testosterone is fucking powerful, like that's caveman shit. Now we're fucking with caveman shit. So what is going on? <laughs> yeah, no. And that's, that's the problem. So if we're looking at it, so there could be the hormonal aspect at play. I think that's a big part. Then I think the other aspect, well, is a couple things, right? So if we were to look at most nations, you know, especially if we're talking about America, because America is probably one of the worst, but it's not just America. It's, it's, I would say most of Western Europe, the more East you go, the, the lesser it's a problem. I've never been to Asia, but I surmise it's probably not a problem yet in Asia. But you look at the level of attractiveness in people because of obesity. And you remember, when we're talking about men and 
let's just call a spade a spade. Let's just because we like unfiltered talk here on the Curious Girl Diaries. Oh, absolutely. Oh no, I, I I let it rip. And let and rip. and we are visual creatures. So for men, it's like, what is the defining for most men? Right. The first thing that we look at with the woman is we're looking at physical beauty. Then we're going to intelligence. We're going to personality. We're going to all these things. You know what? What skills do you have as a mother? Like we're we're checking all these boxes, but the first box for. 99.9% of us was, we looked at you and we were like, oh, wow, I want to have sex with her, right? That's the first thing. Yeah. If that goes, so either because the woman has let herself go out of shape or, or and this happens a lot too, right? Where because the guy either had low self-esteem or whatever, he settled and he said, well, you know, I finally got a girl, right? Even though I don't really like her that much, but hey, we're having sex, right? Because again, as you pointed out, women will date across and up, but guys will date across and down. And so he may go way down because, hey, I just want to put my I dick that in. Ugly, ugly fucking. Yeah. Yeah. But guys <laughs> will do it, right? Guys will, guys do will it. ugly fuck. Oh, fuck yeah, they will. Yeah. yeah. And so now you're in this situation where, yeah, you're not desiring your partner because this wasn't what you were hoping for. So you have two different aspects of it. One is desirability and the other can be hormonal. And this is why, you know, I think if you're going to have a long-term, really good, healthy sexual life with a partner, you owe it to your partner and to yourself to keep yourself as attractive as possible. Absolutely. And yes, personality makes someone attractive. There's a lot of things, but there is no way you can ever lie to your penis. I tell guys this. You, you might be able to lie to yourself. Oh, she's lovely. Oh, oh, I mean, she's got such a beautiful soul. Yeah, yeah, tell your dick that. Your dick is like, no, I'm not fucking her. Are you kidding me? So now there's this, That's great. There's this dissonance where you, know, you can say from a rational, yeah, very rational perspective, oh, she's wonderful, everything great. Your dick is not rational. Your dick is primal. It is primal. And if you lose that aspect, now you're fighting yourself and you don't want to fight yourself because that's going to be really tough to overcome. That is so, I'm so glad you said that, honestly, because you know what? I tell the, I do, I just, I see, I like to tell it straight to women because I feel like I can, right? It's hard. Like women, we don't want to hear this coming from a man. And even sometimes we don't want to hear it come from coming from other women. And I had one one listener who sent me this very nice voicemail, but the crux of it was almost sounds like you hate women. I was like, no, I absolutely don't hate women. I actually love women and I'm here to support women, but I got to give it to them straight. I mean, like I can't like, cause I, cause I can, I can say shit that a man can't say. And you know what? You can't let yourself go. I've never heard it said like you can't lie to your penis, but that is exactly, you just, you hit the nail on the head right there. And I think if more women heard that, they would, that, that just instantly, like that statement right there is very powerful. And you can't just expect him. It's not enough to say, well, I've mothered your children and I've done all this. Yes, but that's what you signed up for. 
And he signed up for other things. He's out there, whatever, slaying dragons, bringing home the bacon, providing a safe, making sure you're safe and your the children, your children are cared for. All this, all this stuff. You can't just turn him on, like, oh, thanks for doing all that. And by the way, you gotta love me, even if I if I completely morph out of what the physical desirability, the thing that initially drew you in, that doesn't now I've I've shit canned that unilaterally without asking your opinion and just said, fucking love it or leave it. Doesn't work like that. The penis can't love it. Yeah, yeah. You can't <laughs> lie to the penis, you know, right? You can lie to yourself, you but you can't lie, lie to the penis. penis. You know, it, it will tell the truth. It, the penis tells the truth. <laughs> penis tells the truth, right? I love it. I used to hear this statement a long time ago the penis does the picking. And I was like, it's true. The penis does the picking. It's going to pick. And this is what. It picked you. It picked you initially, right? Because you there was something going on. But you really should. I really do believe that women should do their best to maintain their desirability to their partners with what's in in their control. And no, you don't have to stay looking like you're 20 when you're not. But you can still try to maintain your shape and and care about you. To me, it's like, why don't you care about what you look like and how that comes across to your partner? To me, the one thing I never want to see in my partner's eyes is him. I never want to have him look at me and go, see that like, look like I'm not attracted. My ego can't handle that. And women, it's time to tap into your fucking egos and let some of that like lead a little bit and say, bullshit, that my man is not going to be looking at me going, she's not hot and I still don't want to fuck the shit out of her. Because I'll tell you what, if he doesn't want to fuck the shit out of you, he's going to want to fuck the shit out of someone else. And that's brewing problems you do not want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Right? So <laughs> I'm with you. <laughs> I get a lot of flack from women when I say this, but I'm like, hey, I'm sorry. Our part of it is, as women, we we're beautiful. We have this physical attractiveness to men. Men don't have that. They don't look at other men and go, he's beautiful. I mean, obviously I'm talking about heterosexual relationships, but, but even, even in same sex relationships, there has to be this balance of I'm attracted to you. And we can't just pretend that we somehow outgrow that. And no, No, come on, hang on, do what you can to hang on to that within reason and always be mindful that it's really caring about your partner to want to be physically attractive to them. I mean, that's always difficult. It's just maintenance. It's daily maintenance. Like I had a member inside the Academy who's watched the not safe for work uh, demo videos. (laughs) I've seen I've seen some of the <laughs> right, but but he he sees the shape I'm in. He's like, man, how how do you do it? And I was like, well, go to the gym three to four days a week, and I'm religious on my diet. Yeah, and that's all it takes. And I got my six pack abs at 47. It's it's important because it's a priority to you, and you, I'm sure that your partner, your girlfriend, appreciates that. Oh yeah. And if all of a sudden you said, yeah. You know, guess what? This I don't want to do this anymore. And I, I'm just gonna let myself go. And you're gonna get like this huge 
gut that's flopping over your dick and you can't find your dick under your gut. That's not like she's going to be like, I'm sure she, I've never seen her, but I have no doubt she is right and tight. And she cares just as much about her appearance for you as you do about for her. Oh yeah. And that that's part of what is draws you together. And but it just, it's the commitment that you make to each other. Like, hey, I give a shit enough about what you desire that I'm going to make sure that I maintain that for you, not just for myself, but for, because obviously it has to, you know, you have to want to do it for yourself, but for the other person too. And, you know, just try to pretend like that's not important or we should give women a pass that they don't have to, that's bullshit. I'm sorry. Women, we do not get a pass. Let me say it again. It won't be popular. Women, we do not get a fucking pass to metamorphose the huge had this huge change on our partners when they got one thing in the beginning and now we're just like sticking them with something else. His dick's going to tell you whether or not he likes that. Well, and and one thing too, right? <laughs> if if we look at in terms of relationships, usually there's two different strategies whether spoken or unspoken that men and women have that are vastly different typically a woman will look at a guy and she'll be like okay he's got these things but you know she's looking at well what things can i change right so you know she'll look at well okay i can he's got some raw talent but i want to change some things right or maybe his the way he dresses like i could tweak that yeah. and like yeah, yeah. yeah. and, right. and okay. the guy's the exact opposite we find a woman, and when we meet her, we're like, she's perfect. I hope she never changes. Those are our exact words. I hope she never changes. So we're going at it from the exact polar opposite. We typically, when we find a woman, we don't want anything to change. We're like, please, God, don't ever change anything. She's awesome how she is. And then if you go suddenly do a left turn, we're like, oh, no, right? That's how yeah. guys think. No, I I get it. You know, what's interesting is I actually, it's funny. I take that. I think I take the male approach with, I take a feminized male approach to my partners is when I, when I meet someone and I'm with someone, my ultimate goal is to accept them as they are. And how, and how can I elevate them as they are? What can I do every day that brings value to my partner, helps them out in some way. I just feel like if you're, when your feet don't hit the floor every morning, if you're not thinking about how you can elevate as a woman, how you can elevate your, your man to some varying degree, even however slight it is of his current status or above, you're really not thinking about his best interest. And that's really always what I want to do. And it's not change him. And that means if I look at him and I'm like, his fashion isn't the same as mine. Maybe I feel like mine's spiffier. It's okay. I, you know, I'm like, there's enough good going on that like I can accept that. You have to stop trying to like nitpick these guys because we come in, I think women come in and we'll, we'll feminize them a bit. And then we realize we don't want to, it's not what you want. It's not what you want. You want that man who's like, no lady. Let me just tell you, get your ass in the bedroom, bend over, and you're going to fucking take it. Like, that's like, okay. We really don't want to be 
allowed to change you. We are better. Honestly, we are better when we just accept you as you are. And then again, try to promote that. But again, this, this goes back to the social media thing. This goes back to the social media thing because, you know, there's been a big, big shift now where it's like the, I would say the, the expectations that, that are put on men have become, you know, the list of things we have to have now is so big that I think a lot of people, and it's men and women, right? Both. It's like the person has nine out of 10 things and they're like, Oh, but they're missing that one away. I'm going, I'm going back on Tinder, going back on Bumble. I'm going looking, right? Got to find that person that's got the 10 out of 10 because Susie Jean in Cosmo said, I got to, I'm owed a 10 out of 10 in my life, right? It's like, but you had a nine out of 10. Like, what the hell? Yeah, no, I know. I know. You're right. I mean, it's, it's, again, I cannot stress enough. I tell women, get the fuck off social media. Do yourself a favor get off of it. It doesn't do you any favors. It's really only a, it's just a marketing channel. I don't care whether you're on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, whatever it is. It's a marketing channel to point out, create, and then exploit and sell to insecurities that you may or may not even have even had in the first place. And it's a way, because women will spend Women will spend way faster than men, and we we're, we're susceptible to it. It's not a it's not a slight on women. It just it is. I know this. It is what it is. That's why I just don't go there. I'm like, no, I don't need to feel bad about myself today. I feel good. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'll stay off there, and I I just know better. But so one of the things I definitely want to ask you is, based on everything you know, your 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 wonderful expertise. When it comes to men and just sexuality, or just maybe probably even men in general, because I know you're working with you work with all these men, what do you think women would be really surprised to know about you guys? Oh well, I think they'd be like three three quick things, like three things. Yeah, Yeah, I think they'd be really surprised to know that we don't often think they do a good job with (laughs) blowjobs. Wait, you think we'd be surprised to know that? Because I kind of uh, know yeah, that. I think, I think women, uh, yeah, I think I think I think most women, if they were able to get an honest response from like, oh yeah, every girl thinks, oh, I suck dick the best, and I they I, don't, we don't, we horrible, don't, horrible like, teeth, yeah. you like scraping everything. It's like no, 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 no. You're <laughs> actually your skills are not that great. We give horrible blowjobs, yeah. Right. <laughs> so that would be that would be number one. I love it. Yeah. Number two, it's not always about them because this is a big issue, especially when we talk about the performance anxiety. Every guy, I mean, I I was literally working with a client just recently where he's traumatized. Now I got to work on his trauma because he had an incident early on where he was with a woman and he didn't get it up right away because scared and all this. And she crucified him like he's a bad guy, you know, X, Y, Z. And so now he's really traumatized from that. And it's like, you know, because we're completely aware that we're not getting it up. 
Like, hey, we're the dick owner. We're like, we've got it right here. It's it's not hard. You don't need to tell us. We know, right? And I think most women would be surprised to know that, yeah, our dicks are extremely fragile. Our mental states are extremely fragile. And it's not because we don't necessarily like you. It's not because we're not horny. It's like, we don't know. Because especially if we're in that beginning stage of a relationship. I mean, it might be different if hey, we've been married for 20 years and we hate each other or something. But if we're just going on our first date, hey, we really want to fuck you. So trust me, it's not something's wrong with you. If we could figure it out, we'd be putting it in you in a hot second. But we are struggling right now and it's got nothing to do with you, right? So I think you'd have a lot of women that would be shocked to know it's not got anything to do with them, right? It's not because of them and they get very much in their own head about it. And then the other thing too is I think women would be shocked to know what a man perceives to be a good vagina because this is something that that is is yeah very what is very good vagina often, well it, it's funny because as a woman there you can't have a concept of anything but your own and i can't tell you how many times how many times i've been fucking a girl and she'll be like oh yeah my shit's really tight eh and i'm thinking like cuz i can't say it i'm like no, not at all. No. I mean, yeah. <laughs> been yeah. with 5,000 women. Yeah. I I I have a range of I could tell you what what is tight and what's not and no, we're <laughs> the furthest thing from that right here, sweetheart, but but I know I'm not going to voice that because that would be, you know, no. sex yeah. would end right That's there. Suicide. But I've seen that a lot where again there's this sort of grandiose sense of tightness that I'm like, okay, well <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you need to, yeah, false, a false. You know, there could be a false sense of of security. Here's a, it's a false sense of tightness. tightness. Yeah, illusions, (laughs) illusions, tightness. Yeah, yeah, not delusions of grandeur. You've got delusions. She has delusions of tightness. Delusions of tightness. I love that. So yeah, those those let's put round those up as the top three. Those are good. Yeah. No, I love that. So that's interesting. I mean, on the just very briefly on the tightness thing, I can tell you that there's times where I really think it revolves too around my cycle. A lot of it is like, sometimes I feel like, oh, you know, it's like I'm super tight. We're struggling to get it in. And then other times I can just, I'm so fucking horny and I am so turned on. It is, I feel like it's sloppy loose because I'm so wet and I'm so lubricated. I'm just like, and then it, it that that to me is when it gets embarrassing. I'm like, oh my god, I can't grip it. Like my my pussy feels loose. But it's usually when I'm super super turned on, and I I'll discuss this with with my regular partners. I'm like, oh my god, like that was like you need to wipe that off and put it back in because let's sop up some of this wetness out of here. Like give me that towel because I can't even grip you right now. And it's just it's because you're so excited and turned on. Now I know that there's other things that, you know, there can be other factors that play into that. But yeah, no, I mean, it's true. We all, you know, as women, we all want to think that we just have this perfectly, wonderfully tight pussy that when every guy puts it in, like that, they just succumb to its amazingness. And that's not the case. Well, this is fascinating too. This is fascinating. We have to be okay with that. We have to be okay with saying like, okay, 
And and you you and I have talked about the different textures yeah. and the pussy types. And like we may not be somebody's pussy type. And and I think A, we need women, we need to hear this and know this. And that this is just oh, it's okay. You can't get all weird and bent out of shape about it. It just it is what it is. Well, let's just examine that paradoxical strategy right there that you brought up because this is very common, right? So let's let's just from a rational male perspective, let's look at this. Okay. So, okay. so, so <laughs> your listeners are going to love this. So here's, here's the female thinking. Okay. I want a guy who can last for two hours and fuck me all night. I want the guy so enamored that he feels he's going to come and he loses his stuff. Cause my pussy's so good. Yeah. You can't have the two. <laughs> the two. These are totally opposite perspectives. Counterintuitive. Right? You can't have that. If you have the one who can't, you're going to have a premature ejaculator. You know, it's like you have to pick your poison. What do you want? Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, he might be so enamored and he only ever lasts 30 seconds. Well, you're going to hit a point real quick where you're going to be like, well, I'm I, I don't think that's the best sexual strategy anymore. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, it's the same thing. And I've, I've talked about this before in terms of the student teacher dynamic in the bedroom. And I'll say, yeah. you know, in general, as a man, in terms of bedroom leadership, you should be bringing something to the table in terms of teaching, right? Like a woman which would much rather be learning something from you in the bedroom than be having to teach you something in the bedroom, by and large, right? Yes. And from my experience, the only times I've seen where a woman enjoys that experience and it's it's very finite where it's like if the woman is older and she can get a young guy that might be a virgin or he's like there's a huge age gap and she's like oh it's exciting because he knows nothing about sex and i can but that's fun for one or two times then you're like okay i don't want to teach this you know i don't want to hold the hand of the you know 19 year old for any longer right that was a fun couple nights yeah, I mean, I agree with you. Like, I think what you're saying is, and correct me if I'm wrong, but predominantly women don't want to lead in the bedroom. We do not want to do the heavy lifting. No. We want the guys to do that. Yeah. And that's the the burden of man. And it's something that I talk about with guys where it's like the burden of performance rests with you. Be okay with that rather than be scared of it. Lean into it. Learn how that you can perform better because there's no way that you're going to get out of the performing, just like there's no way the woman gets out of the decision making. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, no, I, I a thousand percent. I like a really. I love that you said that. Women naturally, we do want to. We want the man to lead, and we do want to follow. And it's exhausting for us. And ultimately, I think at the end of the day, unless, unless, you know, I know there's a finite lane for certain women who are just like, they want to be the dominant in the bedroom. But I really believe after talking to as many women as I have and many men as I have, and just being a woman myself, like I can reasonably say that most women, we do, we want the man to please lead us in the bedroom. We will follow if we trust that you know what you're doing and, or you at least give the illusion that you know what you're doing. And, and we love that. Like that's a huge, that is a huge, huge turn on. So whatever skills that 
you can teach Eric that help that proliferate that. That is, I believe, what the average normal female is really looking for. As well as, by the way, I want to chime in here on some of these. You've got some recent blog posts. I was looking at your website and it was like, I love these titles. I'm like, damn it. Why didn't I? I'm going to create episodes around some of these titles because they're so damn good. Don't stab the pussy, stab with purpose. And how to be a caveman in bed. And I was like, oh, how to be a caveman in bed. Yes. Like, please be guys, be cavemen in bed. And don't just stab, stab the pussy, stab with purpose. <laughs> like, apparently I've been missing out here. I need to, I need to review your blog a lot more because I'm going to, I'm going to, you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to stick my chat GPT on it. My chat bot, I can go in and tell it to like, I can tell it to read everything that you have and give me show ideas. And that's exactly what I'm going to do. You I'm go. gonna stop. I'm telling you right now, shamelessly, I'm ripping off ideas from you because I'm like, I'll let you do it. I'll let you do it. Yes. It's a huge compliment. But it's true. Like if you're talking about the fucking with intention, right? It's like, well, guys aren't paying attention to, okay, what am I trying to do with these strokes? And there's a lot of different things that we can do, right? There's angle. Are we trying? Because like if I were, for example, right? Your stroke game. Yeah. But if I'm going to put, for example, your legs on my shoulders, right? And then if I bring my body down, now I can change the angle and I'm purposely trying to stroke the front wall of your vagina, right? Now, and that's a very intentional thing now I'm doing and I'm not going to be going balls deep because I can't because of the angle, but I'm purposely being very specialized in what I'm trying to do against that front wall. Same thing like, okay, if I'm going deep, well, I'm trying to make sure that for every stroke, I've got my hands on your ass and I'm pulling you across my pubic bone, right? Because I need that clitoral yeah. contact. I ah. got to maximize that. If I'm just plunging in, <laughs> out, in, out, in, out, well, I'm not doing anything that's going to get you off. And I'm probably going to lose my ejaculation really quickly because that's going to maximally be stimulating myself. So, there needs to be an intentionality to it. And then there's another thing that we can do too is we can create mood. I was recently on a panel of men and, and there was a guy who was talking about like his girlfriend will want him to fuck harder, but when he when he really goes to fuck harder, he, he'll lose his ejaculation, right? Yeah. And I said, well, it's not necessarily that she needs the harder for the orgasm. She wants it for the emotional experience. Right. And so what I said to him, I said, what you can do is because I've done this before and it's really magical sometimes. Right. If you pause for a second and you give one very hard, very delivered stroke. Right. Where it's like you're because there's the aspect of she wants to feel your power. Right. So if you can give targeted just one stroke. Right. Just so you're you're really putting your all behind it. It doesn't need to be a lot of strokes of that nature for her to have the emotional experience of like, oh my God. And that's very intentional. Like I can do that and I sometimes I'll do it. I'll just do one really hard stroke just because I'm like, okay, I want to create a certain psychological tension, right? I want to create that mood. I want to create, the, I want to show this aggressiveness 
and I'm going to do it control. Like, yeah, and I'm going to do it to one singular stroke, and you are going to feel that stroke, baby. You are going to know it's coming, and it's like, okay, he's here. Like I feel his power. So this is all intentional stuff, right? So it doesn't. The sex doesn't need to be mindless. We have so much opportunity to create a mood, to create emotion, to create a sense of excitement. Like as the guy, we are the masters of creation. I always say the woman is a canvas. The man is the painter. What do you want to paint? What do you want to paint? So true. Oh my gosh. Okay. I'm going to, on that, (laughs) it is always so much fun for me to, like, I literally, there's no shortage of conversation that I could have with you on sex and sexuality. And I always so appreciate your time. And thank you so much always for being on this show. I feel like I just have amazing conversations with you. I love it. And I would just love for you to tell everyone just about the courses that you offer, what you have, and where everybody can find you. Yeah. Well, for those that are interested in learning absolutely everything to be a master in the bedroom, they can go to the Everhard Academy, which is at www.everhardacademy.com. That is my, my flagship membership site where there's over 120 video modules. It's not safe for work. There is all the training in the world. I've seen a couple. <laughs> I do group coaching calls research. every week. So there's group coaching <laughs> calls for the guys every week. There's a whole community network, and that's a monthly subscription. And I have a free course for those that want to get their feet wet. They could go to gethardandconquer.com. That is a three-part free course that'll help you learn how to get hard in the most insane of situations. And it does include some of my infamous footage where I got hard in the town square of Budapest with tourists everywhere. So if they go to gethardandconquer.com, they can sign up there and get that free course. It's totally free. Yes. Well, thank you so, so much, Eric. Guys, listen, there's a reason I've had this man on my show for the fifth, five times. Cinco. We're at Cinco. Cinco. Yeah. Cinco veces. <laughs> it's because he's really one of the, just one of the people that I know is a legit. I have watched and consumed his porn on purpose because I wanted to see like, does this guy know what he's talking about? And I, as a woman, like when you watch porn, you can see like, this guy knows what the fuck he's doing. And he's, it stands out above everyone else. But also, you guys, if you go back and listen to our previous conversations, Eric always brings it. Uh, he is so straightforward, honest, and to the point, and it's refreshing. And that's what I love. And that promotes what I'm all about here at the Curious Girl Diaries, which is just everybody. I want sexual wellness and good communication and connectiveness between partners worldwide. Like that is what I'm about. And that is what I'm after. After all these years, it started out as me with doing my little selfish thing and it's expanded and grown into this. And absolutely hands down, Eric is one of the, one of my most favorite people to talk to every single time. So guys, you got to check out his stuff. I will put the links to everything that he just talked about there. If you didn't catch it 
And please do go and check out his stuff. He's just a wealth of information for for men, but all and also ladies, don't be don't be afraid to creep on his site and check it out because he's got. I mean, I don't. I'm not. <laughs> as, I've, as, I've, as I've earlier said here, I'm just like, this is good stuff for everybody. And um, I just appreciate you being on so much. Thank you, Eric. And everybody, guys, you know what you can do? My favorite thing, go to my website, thecareerschooldiaries.com. Leave me a voicemail. I love your feedback. You have five minutes. Click on the pick tab on the right-hand side. Let it rip. I get back to each and every one of you personally. And I always love hearing from you. All right, everyone, stay happy, stay healthy, stay safe. Love you guys. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. And if you like what you hear, refer me to a friend. And make sure you're following me on social media. Also, go to the website, thecuriousgirldiaries.com, and join my subscribers-only list for access to exclusive content. And as usual, questions or comments, you can always email me at curiousgirl at thecuriousgirldiaries.com.